my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out of pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we talk about the decentralized revolution. We talk about it each and every week and we look at it as it's happening right before our very eyes. It's hard to see sometimes because we're living through it. So we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And I try to bring to you some education so you can start to see and understand these things differently. Try to bring some of the latest breaking news so you can see the play-by-play and, of course, some guests. And right now I want to break down some of the biggest headlines of the week so you can see how this is playing out. Now, of course, I talk about the way the world has moved to centralization, the rise of the World Economic Forum and the rise of the UN and the IMF and the ECB and on and on. But the world is rejecting that. And now the pendulum is swinging back the other way. It's hard to see it unless you zoom in and you look at some of these details. And that's exactly what we want to talk about today. Um, And it's one of the most fascinating things that I've been paying attention to. It's sort of like um, if you're driving a car and you see like a car accident or like a train accident and and you know it's bad and you probably shouldn't look. Um, Obviously, you're not uh, happy. You're not trying to rejoice that somebody could be injured. Uh, But at the same time, 
it's just fascinating and you're curious and you want to watch it. And that's basically what I see happening in the world today. It's, uh, it's bad. It's, uh, it's painful. Um, unfortunately, lots of people are going to suffer, uh, but it's so interesting to see it happening play by play. And so I want to talk about uh, one of the biggest catalysts in the world right now, and it's happening in the state of California. It's happening in the United States, and it's happening all over the world. And what I'm talking about specifically is energy. Now, two years ago, almost to the day, I put out a video on YouTube. It's got over a million views, uh, which, by the way, if you're not watching my YouTube, you should uh, just search Mark Moss on YouTube. Um, but I put out a video and I said, hey, uh, warning, what's happening in California will come for the rest of the country and will come for the world. And what I was talking about two years ago was that California couldn't keep the lights on. And we've known how to make electricity for a long time. I can like pull a string on a generator and produce electricity at my house if I want. Unfortunately, that's what people in California have to do right now. Um, we've known how to make electricity for a long time. The only reason why we don't have enough electricity today is policy. That's it. That's why I knew two years ago what was happening in California would come for the rest of the country and the rest of the world. And here we are going through a massive energy crisis. And again, not because we just forgot how to make electricity, because of policy. Your leaders don't want you to have energy. Point blank. That's it. Period. Zero. Now, they've, of course, said as much. Um, in the 1960s and 70s, Paul Ehrlich led this movement. He said that giving more energy to the people would be the same as giving machine guns to toddlers. Okay, he's the one that started this attack on energy. They don't want you to have energy. Why? Because the more energy that mankind has, the more mankind flourishes. And I know this is going to take a little twist and you're going to think I'm crazy. But the more energy we have, the more mankind flourishes. Now, you would argue or the or the people that want to shut your energy down would argue that if we don't shut the energy down, we're going to have a climate change, which it used to be global cooling and then it became global warming and now they can't seem to get it right. So it's just climate change. And they'll have you believe that if we don't shut down all our energy today, that we're going to have an apocalyptic future. The temperature of the world could raise between one to four degrees, and it could be apocalyptic in 100 years. Well, first of all, if any model that says it has a variance of one to four degrees, a 400% difference, that's a horrible model, first of all. Second of all, four degrees, I mean, come on. Uh, in the Roman Empire, the world was six degrees hotter. I think we can handle that. Third of all, that's in a hundred years. It's apocalyptic future, but I would argue that we have an apocalyptic future today. Right now, today, maybe not you listening to this on your computer, your phone, in your car, but about three billion people in the world today don't have enough energy, and they're dying every day because of it. Women are pregnant. They can't go to the doctor. The doctor doesn't even have an ultrasound machine. Premature babies are being born. There's not even a hospital or incubator to put them in. They're dying every single day. For 3 billion people alive right now today, they're in that apocalyptic future. Anyway, let's not talk about that. But let's talk about what's happening. So there's an attack on energy. California can't get the lights on. We're going to come back to California. Uh, Europe, let's start in Europe. So this is what's fascinating. There's this massive energy crisis, and this is going to accelerate the decentralized revolution. 
because it's going to push everybody into a fend for yourself type of situation. So uh, Vladimir Putin, President, uh, R- Russian President Putin gave a speech this week at the Eastern Economic Forum in uh, Vladivostok. <laughs> Probably didn't say that right. And, um, you know, he talked about um, a lot of things. I'm not going to talk about his whole speech here. But one of the things he said is that he said that the blowback from the European Union and the U.S.-led sanctions and attempts at decoupling the EU and the U.S., decoupling, removing themselves from the Russian energy, oil and natural gas, is wrecking lives in the West, wrecking lives in the United States, wrecking lives in Europe. Now, uh, the price of gasoline has doubled. It's wrecking lives. And President Biden says that's the price you have to pay, Americans have to pay, in order to stick it to Russia. Well, but Russia isn't getting anything sticking to them. Their main export is energy. The price of energy doubled. They're making double the money that they were before. So we're paying double. Our life, our cost of living has gone up. Our quality of life has gone down in the West, in Europe, in the U.S. In the U.K., energy prices are now about equal to a house payment. Think about that for a second. Can you afford to take on a second home right now? Most people can't. Well, that's what they have to do. So he says it's wrecking them. Um, Now we are seeing how production and jobs in Europe are closing one after another. Jobs, production. Germany is shutting down factories, shutting down manufacturing. People are losing jobs. They're getting rid of these factories. So now there's no jobs. There's no economic activity in Germany. Why? Because they're trying to stick it to Russia, but Russia is just getting rich. Western elites who would not or even cannot acknowledge objective facts, he says. Western elites' um, inability to recognize the inevitable shift from a unipolar to a multipolar world, which was literally the names for this year's forum, which was, quote, on the path to a multipolar world. So what do I talk about each and every week? The decentralized revolution. The world's been swinging towards centralization, a unipolar world where the dollar is the reserve currency of the world. We have a one world government where the W, the WEF and the WHO and the UN and the IMF set the policy that the whole world falls under. Even the United States has laid down its sovereignty to be under those three-letter organizations. That's the unipolar world. But now we're moving to a decentralized world, which is a multipolar world where there's multiple countries, multiple currencies. It's what I talk about each and every week. History tells us this is happening. And that was the name (laughs) of this year's forum, On the Path to a Multipolar World. It's happening. This energy crisis is exaggerating this, is exacerbating it very fast. He says that global changes reveals their quote, growing detachment from the common people they claim to represent. So the leaders of the West, they they have a detachment from common people they claim to represent. The people care, uh, polls that have been done, uh, one of the biggest polls done in the United States, polled and asked people, what are you most concerned about? Most people are concerned about the economy. Most people are worried about inflation. Most people care about their jobs. They care about the rise in violence. They care about their school, their kids, their health. Climate and environment are less than 1% of what people care about. But yet, that's what everyone's focused on. I talked about the Inflation Reduction Act. The majority of that money went to fight climate. 
Nobody cares about it. They're growing detachment. I'm going to come back and talk about this more. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show talking about the decentralized revolution or the multipolar revolution as uh, this forum was talked about. And we're going to talk about the catalyst, how this is accelerating, and what you need to know to survive this. I got a whole lot to cover. You do not want to miss this. I'll be right back. Don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, like each and every week, the decentralized revolution. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, that technology is Bitcoin, is the catalyst that's moving this forward. And I've been talking about this for about two years. It's this big thesis I have, the three revolutionary cycles converging. If you don't know what I'm talking about, 
You can search it on the podcast. Just go search Mark Moss Podcast, scroll through um, episodes, and you'll find it. Or go to my YouTube channel, just search Mark Moss, go to the playlist for the three cycles or for the cycles playlist, and you'll you'll find the videos on that. Uh, but I've been talking about how history tells us the world moves to centralization like a pendulum and then swings back to decentralization. The name of this forum that I'm talking about, Vladimir Putin gave a speech this week, and the name of the forum was On a Path to a Multipolar World, which is the same thing. Now, um, I'm not here to say that uh, what Russia is doing is good or bad. Uh, personally, you know, I'm not for anybody taking over another country and killing people. Um, so I'm not here to talk about that specifically. But what's happening is very uh, interesting, and it's also super important for you to understand this. So um, now the U.S. wants to, uh, the West, the U.S., Europe wants to sanction Russia, but of course China and India don't. So they're just buying up everything that uh, Russia can give them. And again, the sanctions have only pushed the price of gas and oil up. So Russia is getting richer than ever. Meanwhile, people in the West, U.S. and Europe were suffering really bad. And he says, Western leaders refuse to acknowledge is that their nations importing Russian energy, quote, are in no position to dictate their will. So uh, the G7 nations got together this last week and said, we're going to put a price cap on Russian energy. Okay, how? (laughs) They're not buying any energy. They don't control the energy. How do they put a price cap on it? And they don't. But like I said, Putin says that, look, all they're doing is destroying their own economy. So let's talk about that. So in Europe, it will start with the EU, then we'll come back to the United States here because this affects you even in California. Uh, Metal producers in Europe warn European leaders of the worsening energy crisis and says, quote, it's an existential threat to our future. That's a desperate plea from 40 CEOs representing Europe's largest non-ferrous metal producers who are urging emergency EU action to prevent permanent deindustrialization from spiraling electricity and gas prices. Deindustrialization. What does that mean? But 250 years ago, we had the Industrial Revolution. We created machines. Those machines could do the work of 5,000 men. Before the Industrial Revolution, all we had was the farm and cottage industry. You had to build everything yourself. You had to grow everything yourself. You had to make everything yourself. You had no time left. You worked like a slave on your own land to keep your head above water. But then machines came out, and they could do the work of 5,000 men, which then freed up the time of men. And now men could then focus, humans, whatever, men, women, uh, could now focus on higher value tasks like science and like medicine and the world started advancing now we've gone through this industrial revolution now we have machines that do all this work we built factories we have machines all these things but now it's a there it's a deindustrialization by shutting off the energy you can't have the factories you can't have the machines we're going to go back to the cottage and farm industry that's what they're saying here prevent permanent deindustrialization from spiraling electricity and gas prices. The prices have gotten so expensive that they have to shut down. They can't afford to stay open any longer. According to the letter, the EFET wants state entities such as the European Investment Bank or central banks um, to provide support through lenders. So they want STEMI. They need money. Hey, look, if we don't get some STEMI, we can't afford and we're going to shut down. They say... um, They wrote to the European leaders to raise the alarm about Europe's worsening energy crisis and its existential threat to our future, saying, quote, 
Quote, we are deeply concerned that the winter ahead could deliver a decisive blow to many of our operators. End quote. What does that mean? <laughs> they're not going to get through the winter. At the rate the prices are going up, they're all going to shut down. We're going to go back to a deindustrialization in Europe. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I talked about it plenty in other, in other episodes, but Germany is the economic engine of Europe. Without Germany and their manufacturing base, the entire European Union breaks apart. I did a video on this on my YouTube channel talking about the EU breaking apart, and I break it all down. Go watch that video on my YouTube channel if you want more details on that. But without Germany and their economic base, Europe breaks down, and they are shutting down. That's what it says right here. It says, we're deeply concerned that the winter ahead could deliver a decisive blow to many of our operators, meaning they'll be forced to shut down. Critically, they warn that, quote, 50% of the European Union's aluminum and zinc capacity has already been forced offline due to the crisis, the power crisis. So 50%, half of the aluminum and zinc capacity has already been shut down. It's already happened. Half of it. It's already gone. We got to save the other half. 40 CEOs make it clear that the path they're on leads to catastrophes. Quote, but all metal production needs affordable and available electricity and gas. Whether aluminum zinc today or lithium and cobalt tomorrow, we're deeply concerned that Europe faces a critical situation for the foreseeable future. So Europe wants to go through a green transition. They want to put solar panels and windmills and electric vehicles and charging stations everywhere. Hmm. But turns out you need aluminum and zinc and lithium and cobalt to do that. So all your factories shut down. You can't produce those things. Where does this go? This is a serious deal. This is a very serious deal. They conclude, quote, the long-term investment climate for all EU strategic metal operations and projects risks being decimated, end quote. That's a big word. So um, if they don't do something about this energy crisis, as Putin said, Putin said, you're destroying your own countries. And they are. The entire European Union is, is at risk of breaking down. Now, I like to say that eventually reality will smack you in the face. And that's exactly what's happening. So now it's starting to get pretty dire. The question is, how dire does it have to get before people will finally pivot? Well, that's what we're going to find out. So let's jump over to the UK. Don't worry, we're going to get to California. We're going to get to the US. We're going to talk about other states in the US as well. But we'll just stick over in Europe for a minute. So in the UK, uh, things got bad enough. The prime minister got ousted, Boris Johnson. There's a new prime minister that came in, Liz Truss. And she came in and she's going to fix things. And uh, one of her things she wants to do is print a bunch of money which is going to exaggerate things, but she also has a plan that actually sounds halfway decent. Let's talk about that. She unveiled an estimated 150 billion pound UK energy plan. I think that's about 190. Uh, I think that's about 190 billion. I don't have my calculator in front of me. Uh, something like that. Anyway, 150 uh, pound uh, 150 billion pound energy plan. 
And uh, what is she going to do with that money and how is it going to help? Well, some of it I think is probably going to make things worse, but some of it shows that just maybe some of our leaders might come to their senses and turn this ship around before it hits the iceberg and sinks. Well, it might have already hit the iceberg, but maybe they can do something before it sinks. I'm going to tell you what that is that she's doing. And then, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, California. We're going to talk about the United States it's happening all over the world. And you need to know how to survive this. I'm going to give you my playbook of what I expect is going to happen and how I'm going to survive this. So don't go away. You're listening to the Mark Moss Show talking about the decentralized revolution, or as they're calling it, the move to a multipolar world. This is a big episode. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. I'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week, the way the world is changing from centralization to decentralization through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And we're talking about right now... Um, about the crisis that's happening all over the world. It's happening in the United States. It's happening in China. It's happening in Europe. It's happening everywhere. And it's completely manufactured crisis. And that is a crisis of not having enough energy. Now, all of human history is a story of people being cold and hungry, something that energy fixes. But we have now um, self-imposed a crisis on ourselves, and now we're dealing with it. 
But at some point, things are going to change because at some point, people want to live at some point. At some point, that uh, drive to stay alive is going to take over. And when you can't eat or you can't stay warm, you're going to do something. And that's exactly what's starting to happen. We see this in the UK. The new prime minister, the old one got ousted. The new one's in, Liz Truss. And she's unveiled an estimated 150 pound, uh, 150 billion pound UK energy plan. And she says that uh, what they want to do is focus on, quote, vulnerable industries, such as the ones that are energy intensive are, and the ones that have been forced to shutter operations due to high energy prices. So these uh, CEOs, as I talked about last uh, before the break, the CEOs of these all these big operators, these big manufacturing plants said, hey, we're shutting down. We can't afford the energy. So she wants to use some of that money to help offset that. Um, FT said that the gross cost of the intervention would be around $150 billion including $90 billion for households, which will be funded through debt. So part of the reason why the energy is so high is because they've shut their own energy down. Part of the reason why the energy is so high is because they've inflated their currency so high. And a part of the reason why the energy is so high is because they've stopped getting it from Russia. There's three reasons why those prices have gone high. One of which is because they keep inflating their currency, and they're going to do it again. How are they going to fund it? Oh, yeah, through debt. Now, they say... While this has been politically positioned as, quote, pro-consumer, it's really an indirect or really a direct bailout for energy traders and producers. So in order to, what they want to do is they want to fix the annual electricity price for households at $2,500, not dollars, pounds uh, per year over the next two years. The problem is, how high will they actually go? So they're going to have to make up the difference. So they're going to cap it at 2500 per year. But what if it goes to 3500 by October? What if it goes to 6000 by next year? What if it goes to 10000 How does the UK government know where this stops? And how do they have enough money to offset that? So it's great they want to help these businesses stay open. It's great they want to help um, homeowners. But it doesn't really fix the problem. All they're going to be doing is going into more debt. That's the problem. Um, however, there might be an actual solution coming. And this is where uh, I'm, I'm not quick to applaud her just yet, but I think something might be happening. And what is that? Well, the Bank of England is going to tighten monetary policy, so they're going to try to raise rates. But at the same time, they're going to be printing more money to uh, offset that. That's a problem. But if you really want to bring prices down, don't just offset what people are paying because that's only going to push the price up even more. What you really want to do is bring more supply. Remember, supply and demand. If prices are too high, you could bring more supply. More supply, less demand, or same demand brings prices down. That's exactly what she's proposing. And that is where I see maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, not just for the UK, but actually for everybody. And that is the new PM, Liz Trust, could revive controversial practice within days due to Britain's energy woes. So they're doing this quick. New Prime Minister Liz Trust could lift the ban on fracking within days. Ever uh, amid ever-growing concern about the energy crisis and increasing demands that her government does more to improve energy security. The people are the people are fed up with this. They're tired of it. They want to heat their homes this winter. They want to grow their food. They want to be able to provide for their families. They don't want their jobs taken away. They don't want their manufacturing taken away. 
And they're demanding the government do something. Now, the government can keep trying to lie to them, which is what most governments do. But at some point, they're all going to be forced to meet reality. And that is we need the supply. That's the whole problem. Stop restricting the supply. And that's exactly what she's going to do. She says within days. Um, she's spoken repeatedly in favor of fracking during the Tory leadership campaign and has vowed to, quote, end the effective ban on extracting our huge reserves of shale gas by fracking, end quote. So in the UK, the energy prices are through the roof. We're dependent on Putin. Please send us energy. We can't get it. The prices are so high. Everyone's shutting down. We, without, the, without the natural gas, we can't make fertilizer. Without the fertilizer, we can't grow food. People are starving to death. Jobs are being lost. Oh, and we have a whole bunch of natural gas right here. So why do the people not have enough? And why are we begging Putin for it when we have it right here? Oh, that's because the previous prime minister said we can't get it out of the ground. See how ridiculous this is? Now... Uh, all you guys saying, but Mark, the climate, the climate. So you think if they don't get it out of the ground in the UK, but they get it out of the ground a thousand miles over there, that makes a difference. We're all in one world here. There's one climate. All right. So uh, let's just get it out of the ground. That's all you got to do. We can get into the pros and cons of this. I would, uh, I would uh, advise you to go into these types of issues Get rid of all the propaganda or whatever you may have biases in your head and try to approach this with an open mind. Um, moving to natural gas is what's allowed the United States to lower its emissions by 30% in the last decade. It says, um, okay, so there's pros. There's pros and there's cons, like anything. Uh, it's an alternative to coal. Reliance on natural gas rather than coal is, quote, indisputably creating widespread public health benefits, not harm, benefits, as the burning of natural gas produces fewer harmful particles in the air, end quote, per Yale climate. That's because natural gas emits half of the greenhouse gas emissions of coal per unit of energy. So energy has a density. To get the same energy you need, you have to burn a whole truckload of firewood or maybe just one barrel of oil, or maybe just a partial barrel of natural gas, or maybe a thimble full of uranium. So there's energy density, and so it, it emits half of the greenhouse gases because it's way more energy dense. It also doesn't create pollution. It doesn't produce pollutants such as ash and mercury in the air, which everybody would agree is bad. So regardless of what you believe about the future, shale gas has played a substantial role in getting rid of carbon emissions and conventional emissions from coal. Period. That's a pro. What else? Um, job creation. Fracking has triggered a shell revolution, gas revolution in the United States, creating a jobs boom in states, in places that had previously suffered closures of coal mines. So we want energy prices to come down. We want the economy to grow. We want businesses to boom. We want jobs to be there. But instead... Because we don't want to get the gas out of the ground and we can't get it from Russia, the prices are so high that we're doing the opposite, which is businesses are shutting down and people are losing their jobs. But if we just got the gas out of the ground that we have in our own backyard, we're not reliant on Russia, and our prices come down, which is good for everybody, and we create all these jobs. That sounds pretty good. Sounds like something we'd want. It says that it could create around 64,000 jobs in the UK. 64,000 jobs in the UK is pretty good. 
Um, what else? I mean, those are a couple. We don't need to keep digging into it. You understand. I want to talk now. Let's jump over to this side of the pond. And let's talk about what's going on in the United States, uh, specifically the uh, specifically we'll talk about California and a couple of other states that states that have done the unthinkable. In my opinion, they've done the unthinkable, but it's exactly as I predicted what happened two years ago. And here it is. I'm going to be back with that and more in a minute. You're listening to the Mark Ma Show talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the way the world is changing through the lens of politics, finance and technology. Of course, that technology is Bitcoin, which leads It underpins this entire transition the world is going through. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. Uh, You're not going to want to miss what I have to say, or you're going to be left out. I don't want that to happen. So don't go away. I'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hello, welcome back to the Mark Ma Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing. I call it from a centralized world to a decentralized world. Uh, per the conference that uh, Vladimir Putin spoke at this week, they're calling it the shift to the multipolar world, whatever you want to call it. It's happening right now. Now, we're talking specifically about this big catalyst that's really pushing the world apart into this decentralized world. And it's something that is both man made and fixable. And that is this energy crisis. And I talked about how two years ago, 
I made a video. It's got about a million views on YouTube saying that it's a warning. What happened in California is coming for the country and the world. And I was saying how California was having rolling blackouts two years ago, which it has every summer, and how stupid it was and how it was going to happen to the rest of the United States and what happened to the rest of the world. And here we are. It's happening. And I didn't have a crystal ball to tell me that. What I had was <laughs> policies that were being put into place, and we just know where those policies end up. So, for example, when you shut down your power generation and you don't replace it, what do you think happens? You end up with less power. It's very simple. I'm not, I'm not that smart. Uh, I just pay attention. So this is happening now. It's happening all over. It's happening in California. California has been having uh, power outages every summer for the last several years. Um, it's not anything that's um, new, uh, not at least for the last couple of years. And it's definitely not anything getting better. As a matter of fact, it's only getting worse. And again, it started because California wanted to shut down their power generation, and they committed to replacing it all with wind and solar. The only problem is wind and solar doesn't work, and it hasn't replaced the energy that we shut down. Now, California thought, oh, no worries, though. We'll just borrow from Nevada and Arizona, our neighboring states, when we need it. But turns out when we actually need it, they actually need it, too, and there's not enough to go around. Now, I, I tell you that little tidbit because the same thing's happening in Europe. These nations like the U.K. and Germany think they can just get it from neighboring nations like France. France has plenty of energy because they use nuclear. Um, but it turns out, um, you know, they also get energy from like Norway because they have plenty of power because of uh, hydro. But turns out um, when they really need it, they can't get it because now Norway doesn't want to give it out anymore. Uh, they've been having a low rain year and uh, France doesn't have enough to go around either. And so each nation needs to kind of be or each state should be kind of dependent on the self. Uh, but anyway, that's what that's what California did. And the rest of the world has been going into the same place. And as a matter of fact, uh, one thing that was just completely absurd to me this week that I saw, and again, I talked about this two years ago, but it's it's uh, crazy seeing it play out in real time. They said, warning, what's happening in California will come to the rest of the world, um, rest of the nation and the world. And that's exactly what's happening. So we saw that the California policies that California has been putting into place, the ones that have led to disastrous outcomes, <laughs> no matter how bad these policies are, they just want to double down on them. But worse than doubling down, other states now want to do the same things. So the people who have mismanaged California's energy policy so badly, so badly, that they're, that they're well, I'm going to talk about how bad it is in a second. Um, now other states want to adopt the exact same policies that California has. As a matter of fact, three other states want to. Virginia is one of them. So, so Virginia, they want to join Washington and Massachusetts in making themselves a client state of California. So whatever happens in California, Washington, Massachusetts, and Virginia are just going to do the same thing. Now, I don't know how they could even think about doing that for two reasons. One, they've already seen how bad those policies are. So unless you want the same thing, what is it? Einstein's uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing but expecting a different result. So unless they want to do the same thing um, or want the same result, then why would they do the same thing? The other reason why is because specifically when you rely on wind and solar, it really matters how much sun you have and how much wind you have. And I can tell you that the sun and the wind are not the same in Virginia, Washington, Massachusetts as they are in California. California is a desert. We have lots of sunshine. We don't have any trees that block the sunshine. 
we have unlimited sunshine, and we have a lot of wind because we're on the ocean, the Pacific coast. Yet, it doesn't work here. Now you're going to go to Washington, where there's massive trees everywhere, going to block all those solar panels. You're going to block the wind, Massachusetts, Virginia. So one, you're going to copy policies that led to destruction. Two, it's not the same there. It doesn't work. It's just insane. Um, but no matter how bad these policies are, they want to keep doing them. And so again, back to California, we haven't had electricity. And again, let's double down on that. So uh, Governor uh, of California, Governor Newsom, says that now we're going to ban ICE vehicles. ICE vehicles stand for internal combustion engine, meaning gas-powered vehicles. We're going to ban them after 2035. No more. Everybody has to be driving an electric vehicle. Well, that's great, unless you live in a state that doesn't have enough electricity. And that's exactly what we have. So California has been sending out alerts telling everybody that you have to turn your electricity down. As a matter of fact, uh, residents, set, uh, residents were ordered to set their thermostats to a minimum of 78 degrees, turn off all unnecessary lights, and avoid using large appliances, or, <laughs> this is the best part, wait for it, um, wait for it, oh yeah or charging their electric vehicles. <laughs> so uh, we warn people in California, uh, <laughs> you can't turn your thermostat below 78 degrees. You gotta turn off your lights. You gotta avoid using large appliances, no doing wash, you know, wash, things like that. Or don't charge your electric vehicles. The one, so you can't, you can't buy gas vehicles anymore, you gotta buy electric vehicles, but now you can't charge them? Well, only, only between four and nine. Oh, you mean the time when you get home from work and you need to charge a vehicle? Yeah, that time. So then that's where we're at. Uh, that's, that's pretty interesting. And apparently other states want to copy that. Pretty interesting. Um, and that's where we're at. But where could this go? Well, it could ultimately go to be even worse. In Switzerland, Swiss citizens who overheat their homes, because right now they're more dealing with cold, Swiss citizens who overheat their homes this winter could face up to three years in jail. Three years in jail. Now, the Swiss aren't the only ones to do this. They've joined the Finns. They've joined the Germans, the Austrians, and the Swedes in bailing out their energy providers. So they're trying to bail them out, trying to keep them going. But now they're going, because, because the, the situation is so dire, they're going to make heating homes to more than 19 degrees Celsius unlawful. Unlawful. In addition, hot water should not be heated to more than 60 degrees. And portable electric heaters, saunas, and heated swimming pools are prohibited. Oh, you know, you've enjoyed, you know, you've enjoyed warm water uh, for most of your life and, you know, saunas and, and heated swimming pools, you know, all those good things. Oh, yeah, we, we, just, we just can't provide those anymore. Sorry, we just, uh, for some reason, we just don't know how to do that anymore. Are people, are people stupid enough to fall for that? Like, all of a sudden, we just can't do that anymore? Or have they really fallen for the thing? Well, I guess that's the price I have to pay so the world doesn't have this cat, this apocalyptic future. People that break those rules could face daily fines of up to 3,000 Swiss francs and up to three years in prison. So that's where it could go. That's where it could go. That's great. Now, hopefully it doesn't. Because like I said, we're starting to see reality smack these people in the face. And it seems to be doing just that. As I said, in the UK, 
um, the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has said they're going to start getting their own natural gas out of the ground. And so we're kind of, we're just starting to see the cracks appear, but yet leaders aren't ready to back down yet. So the global energy crisis has actually strengthened the resolve of these Western political leaders in some aspects. In some aspects, it's starting to crack. Now, this is going to have massive, massive, massive um, implications on the markets, on your retirement accounts, on your real estate, and how you navigate this could be the difference of you um, losing it all or becoming very wealthy off of this. I'm going to do a video. Uh, I'm going to do a live video. You can come hang out with me. I got about 50 charts. I'm going to show you. I'm going to do a live Q&A and I'll show you the plan that I'm using. If you want to check it out, just go to go.onemarkmoss, go.onemarkmoss.com slash plan. Come hang out with me. Go.onemarkmoss.com slash plan. Come hang out with me. I'm going to show you what I think is going to happen over the next six to 12 months, what's going to happen over the next two to three years, and what my plan is to survive that. If you want to come check it out, go.onemarkmoss.com slash plan. And that's what I got. It's a, it's a fascinating world. It's the one we have. Hopefully you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.